welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Hello, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends. You are very welcome to episode three of this week's edition of the talk show for talkers. This is the episode where Paul speaks to all of us as Toastmasters. And as mentioned yesterday, he is going to be telling us how to hold the intention of your audience, how to hold the attention of your audience. Over to you, Paul. Ted, when the founder of Toastmasters, Ralph C. Smedley, was getting ready to start the first meeting of the club in Santa Ana, on the 22nd of October, 1924, he had something big on his mind. And it was that he knew very well that it was ever so easy to grab the attention of an audience in comparison with holding their attention. In other words, it's much easier to grab the attention of an audience than it is to hold on to it. He'd been communicating with people. He had loads of experience. He'd set up a couple of other Toastmasters clubs before, but the one in Santa Ana succeeded. And what was on his mind was that he knew that at the very first meeting, he had to talk about something that the audience was interested in. Now, I've got five things that I've discovered were on his mind. And the first one was he had to speak about something that people would be interested in. Otherwise, it would all be a flop. He could start off in any way he liked, grab people's attention, but unless the audience was interested in what he was going to say after that, he would lose them and his whole purpose that evening would, wouldn't succeed. Secondly, he knew very well that not everybody in the audience would be interested in what he had to say. He had a plan he had a purpose, but he knew that the audience would be mixed between people who were already very, very keen on what he was going to say and those who were unsure, those who might not be that interested. So he knew that he would, what, what could he do about that? He knew that he would have to tell the audience why they should listen to him. So there are two key things that Ralph had, uh, had on his mind, the need to speak about something that the audience was interested in, and also the need to tell people why they should listen to the topic. But the, that wasn't all. The third thing that he had on his mind was that he'd have to speak in a way that wasn't too simplified. It couldn't be too easy. It couldn't just sound to the audience like something they'd heard a hundred times before. It, it had to have a little bit of challenge in it so that the audience would have to make an effort to pay attention and to understand what he was saying. And then on the other hand, it couldn't be too difficult. If he was to go into all the technical details or of how to make a good speech at the very first Toastmasters meeting in California, in Santa Ana, he could lose half the audience. So he was already thinking about how can I speak about the topic I want to speak about in a way that won't be too easy and it won't be too hard. So there's a third thing that he had on his mind. The fourth thing Ralph had on his mind was there was going to be a need to hold attention and to do certain things during his speech 
that would wake people up, that would grab their attention. And he knew very well that people's attention went up and down every single communication, just like your attention is wavering right now. So he changed his plan. He changed his plan in order to make sure that for some of his speech, he would use one kind of prop. In another part of his speech, he'd change his vocal variety. In another part of his speech, he'd speak more loudly, more softly. In other words, he would have constant change throughout the speech while he was communicating his message so that there would be a very good chance that if somebody was getting a bit bored or nodding off at one minute, that they'd be brought back to awareness by the change that had taken place. These changes or what were subsequently called transitions, transitioning from one type of communication to another throughout a speech. And that wasn't all. That was the fourth one. The fifth one was he realized that he had a few points he wanted to make in setting up the new Toastmasters Club. He had no idea it was going to result in Toastmasters International. Huge numbers of clubs all around the world. He wasn't that able to see into the future. But he knew that his key points needed to be supported by stories. He knew the points he wanted to make, and he knew he was going to be illustrating them with stories. He knew that he wasn't there to tell them stories. He was there to make key points, and the stories were there to support the key points, not the other way around. Have you ever noticed that when people make speeches, they sometimes start by telling stories. And then they tell another story. And then they tell another story. And you can find yourself wondering, what's the point? Why is the speaker telling me these stories? The stories are fabulous, but what is the speaker's key point? And Ralph C. Smith knew that stories served the points that he wanted to make rather than the points serving the stories. So five things that Ralph C. Smedlihan had on the need to speak about something that people were interested in already, already interested. He knew that it would be a mixed audience and that he would have to persuade some of the audience to listen to him. So he would have to give them a reason. He'd have to say why the topic was important. The third thing is he'd have to make sure that he didn't speak down to people or up to people, that it wasn't too easy, was a demand from the listeners or to the listeners, and that it wouldn't be too difficult and too hard and too complex and too confusing. Fourthly, he knew he'd have to continuously be changing during the speech how he was presenting. He'd have to change voice, his body, his manners, even the length of the sentences. Some of the sentences could be short and longer ones, could use alliteration. He could use all sorts of rhetorical devices, but change was at the heart of it all. And finally, he had to make sure that he used stories which supported his points so that his points would be the things that people would take. So they were the five things, all based around his experience that it's much easier to grab people's attention than it is to hold. And that, Ted, is a little story that I made up. I made up that story because I thought it might be a handy way of making a number of points about how you can hold the attention of an audience. So how's that, Ted? What did you think of those points? As always, Paul, interesting. And for a person like you to be able to get inside the head of Ralph C. Smedley, I think you and he 
would have had would have formed a fantastic friendship because you seem to be able to that's something that you you can do you can get inside the heads of other people and tell us how they're thinking or, or how you would wish that they would think well i gotta i'll tell you what the inspiration was just just for fun the inspiration was that i have heard and i've been listening to a lot of contest speeches recently this year and last year and I love the storytelling that takes place in Toastmasters. It's one of the wonderful things that we provide a place for people to practice telling stories. And out there in society, people love stories. You go to the pub, you tell people a story. Go to a dinner party, you tell a story. You go to work and you tell stories. So telling stories is a, a fantastic thing to do. What I have noticed, though, sometimes is that people tell stories before they give a signal about what are they what are they going to talk about and why are they talking about it and why does it matter? So often I have found myself perplexed, even though the story is fabulous. I found myself perplexed as to why am I being told this story today? And that's what led me to try to find a way of bringing up this issue on the podcast so that listeners might have something to think about they might find relevant. Interesting. And Paul, I'm just reflecting back on one of our guests from last summer, Kelly Swanson. And Kelly Swanson is a business executive. She has her own business. And basically, this is what she does. She helps businesses to come up with a storyline for their business. And it has it, it's widely accepted now that if you can tell a story, even if you can tell a story about your own business, how it started, why you got there, how you got there, the people you took on board with you to help you achieve your dream, it's a very effective uh, business tool. Well, there we are, Ted. That's probably a good point, don't you think? And that's a lovely way to conclude episode three of this week's edition of the talk show for talkers we'll be back with you again tomorrow paul and i will be finding diamonds in the rough see you then the talk show for talkers is published every week in sections at 4 p.m every friday saturday sunday and monday go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information